Hello, welcome to the Film Geek Collective, episode 59, Uncut Gems. Shout out to be done in the middle. I will do a non-spoiler review first, but then I'll get into heavy spoiler analysis for this film. So let's just go. I'll do the shout outs in the middle to separate the, the non-spoiler analysis and the spoiler analysis, all right? So yeah. So Adam Sandler is really good in this movie. His last, his last great performance, in my opinion. Like, Click was actually a bit underrated. I'm serious. Click was actually a little bit underrated for his dramatic performance. But that was mostly a comedy. You saw glimpses of his dramatic talent in there, you know? It's not even it's not even Groundhog Day where that was comedy and drama with Bill Murray. And Bill Murray's gone to more serious drama sorts of things these days. And Wes Anderson, who balances both nicely. But we're here to talk about Uncut Gems. And you know what I thought of this movie? I thought this movie was absolutely... This is going to be an explicit episode because the movie's nature is also ex- explicit. It's rated R in the US, it's rated 15 in the UK, it's not rated here yet somehow, but I predicted it'd probably get an MA15+. But yeah, I think that Adam Sandler plays an unsympathetic character to perfection. Somehow you kind of feel sorry for him, but then he... This is not a spoiler to say he digs himself deeper and deeper and deeper into into these situations, and you can't help but wonder. You know, it's like... When an, unli- when an unlikable character's pulled off successfully, you're wondering, what can they sing to next, you know? It works in comedy and curb your enthusiasm. It works in uh, drama in, sometimes in other things, you know? Sometimes you're looking at this man who's going insane, just any man from any movie, and you're like, hey, this is interesting. Why don't they follow him down this path? It's sort of like a car accident you can't look away from, to use a hackneyed phrase. I mean, yeah... So, I think that Idina Menzel, who plays Elsa in Frozen, she's in this movie for a little... She's in a supporting role, actually. But, I, you know, she's in a supporting role as Adam Sandler's uh, wife, Dina. Uh, yeah, we follow Howard Ratner. That's the character Adam Sandler plays, and he's basically going into the gambling world. And uh, he, he owes more and more people money. And basically, he has to uh, he has to give gems and rings to people, and that's his job. So yeah, um, there's one sequence at the very beginning that I really enjoyed. Uh, the transfer to the title card through all the colors, through all the different gem colors, that was really really good. And then the and then the eighties music came on. Surprisingly, and I, I was thinking, yay! And all the title cards at the beginning were like, hey, this is really eighties, including the fact they even put the the stars' names at the sides, and they, uh, they put stuff like that, basically, you know, with the vintage font. I can't name the font, but it's like a 1980s movie, that font, I swear. You could hear a synthesizer score for several points in the movie. They'd mix it with more modern stuff, like The Weeknd. The Weeknd also stars in this film, if you know that musician. Not that I really follow modern music that much, but still. So yeah, it's a great transition through the sea of different colours to the title, and then... It transfers in a, to a colonoscopy, which starts the movie. So that actually reminds... If anyone's seen Gaspar Noe's Into the Void... Into the Void, that's what it reminds me of. That, uh, that kaleidoscopic, psychedelic transition through things. Except Into the Void pulled it off for much longer than this did, obviously. Because this film is not as experimental. But it is released by A24. A24 takes... A lot of chances. They've done some really good movies that I recommend you see. Hereditary, Ladybird. Uh, While We're Young wasn't bad, but yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen a few of them now. People kept saying, "Oh, check out A24. They're fucking awesome." And so yeah, yesterday I actually watched Good Time. I 
have a feeling I didn't really go too deep into good time. I was trying to be quick and get that out for you, that that review, that anal- analysis. But I'm trying to make up for it with the, the Safdie Brothers' next film, Uncut Gems, which released today on Netflix. It was previously in theatres, but it wasn't in theatres in Australia, so I didn't get the opportunity till now. So, yeah. Idina Menzel is fantastic as his wife. I never thought I'd hear Elsa swear. You know, this this film has actually more swearing than the wolf of wall street does (laughs) some scenes will be like fuck this fuck that fuck 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 give me my fucking money fuck 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 you know that that sort of thing like i'm exaggerating just the tiniest bit there are literally one of the executive producers is martin scorsese so yeah he's like he's producing a crime film he's not directing it but he's producing it and i was really proud to see his name in there you know i love that he had faith in this project i love when a big-name director helps the little guys, you know? And, you know, Martin Scorsese really champions the more obscure cinema. He's a cinephile, as you know. He champions everything. And, yeah, to see him support a smaller picture from a daring company like A24, he says he's sick of the Marvel formula. While I sort of disagree with him, I think that this film definitely is a break from the norm, you know? You can't... Like, people can die in this world, obviously, and, uh... People can make bad decisions, and decisions matter more than they do in Marvel. Like I'm, I'm over, I'm over exaggerating there a little bit again. But yeah, I get what he's, I get what he says. Marvel movies, DC movies, even can only do so much. Now I love a good superhero movie, but then you need a movie like Uncut Gems, where Adam Sandler proves all too rarely he can be a fantastic fucking dramatic actor. I'm being totally honest. In this film, there's actually a little bit of Scarface in it. I think. You know, uh, just with the little bits of 80s music and the, you know, the, uh, yeah, it just reminded me of Scarface for some reason. You'll see when you see the picture. <laughs> if you've seen Scarface, there are slight resemblances, I swear, but not rip-offs though, you know, and, uh, they don't use the wide frame to as much advantage as Scarface does. I noticed a lot of the camera work is handheld and, uh, you know, there's no shaky cam here, but it's definitely handheld, unnerving, that that sort of thing, you know? But yeah. So, yeah. Adam Sandler, as I mentioned, did a fantastic job playing someone who's obsessive, narcissistic, is detrimental, but yet sort of, kind of, has that Adam Sandler charm, like he's in over his head, and who can't relate to that? You know, sometimes when you're hella busy, you, you can relate to that when you're way over your fucking head. I mean, man, this... This movie is like a tightrope, even more so than Good Time. Good Time had a fair bit of tension in it, but Uncut Gems really just... If that was if that was the rope tightening, this movie is... You're afraid you're going to fall 20 stories, you know? If you have to climb a rope that's 20 stories above the ground. That's in comparison to Good Time. I think this is a better film than Good Time. I think that the Safdie brothers have improved their directing here they don't have nearly as many close-ups as they do in good time but it still manages to create more anxiety you know i mean the close-ups definitely worked for good time but we're not talking about good time currently so yeah all the actors were actually pretty good there's a lot of yelling in this film a lot of people talking to each other a lot of situations going bad to worse and now um now that i've said some stuff that uh is non-spoilery hopefully that was really non-spoilery for you guys I am now going to do the shout-outs, and these days I do the shout-outs without the music because it's just simpler. 
uh, Teacup Arenos, Classic Blondes, Naked Airplane, KO, Savage Elbow, Colorful Grande, El Salt, One, Sam from IJ, Still Mellow, Lee, JM75, Contrera, Tessie Cat, Pack Cat, Mary Amber, Real Sharks, Podcast, aka Riri Shaku. Uh, Alright, wait a minute. I I forgot to put Elsie Cool into the list. Elsie Cool, Autistic in Melbourne, Ashley, Na- Ashley Slashy, Heavenly Imagine, Rose Begali, Larry1937-2621, Dev Dyna, Marbella Unicorn, Talk Me Into, Schlock V, Films with Amy, Nathan Seabolt, Film Mamatic, Liz Slade, Gascott, Saved by His Grace 72, and Craig Fisher. So, yeah, I'm going to be uh, interviewed by Zach Gascott fairly soon, and uh, Saved by His Grace 72 and I are working out an interview for a podcast called uh, Coffee Talk Testimonials. If you haven't heard Coffee Talk Testimonials, it's a... Uh, it's a podcast with a, a somewhat Christian band, but it's accessible to everyone, I guess. It's like almost, uh, I think it's a motivational podcast, and it talks about, especially helpful if you're Christian, uh, it talks about various topics that, you know, some other Christian podcasts wouldn't dare go. Just, uh, just last episode, they did an episode on intimacy before marriage. So there's that. Um, they're fairly short for the moment, but, you know... Um, it's uh, it's improving all the time, and uh, yeah, I'd like to give a great thank you to Miriam for that opportunity. Miriam is who I'm referring to when I say Saved by His Grace 72. Absolutely fantastic, by the way. Uh, yeah, so moving on, so big spoiler alert if you have not seen Uncut Gems yet. If you have Netflix, see Uncut Gems and then come back to the podcast to hear my exact thoughts on some things during the film. Again, I'm sorry I didn't go this deep for good time. I was in a bit of a rush that night, and uh, sometimes you're more out of it than you are some days. You're doing one every day, that's got to take a fucking load off. Sorry, that's got to put a fucking load on. That was my mistaken phrasing. Uh, so, okay, you know, I mentioned the non-spoiler stuff, but uh, I think that uh, it was quite unexpected. Like, you're, you're thinking, this guy might get a happy ending, but no, they shoot him right in the head. Crazy, huh? So, yeah, I know sometimes films can have sad endings, but it still surprised me. I've never seen Adam Sandler get shot in the head before. It's like, hey, that... No, they, they, shot, they shot Happy Gilmore. Who was responsible for this? Bob Barker? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, um, I think that overall the atmosphere... I was saying about the tightrope metaphor. Well, I was, I was super, super worried at one point when... Uh, when one man wants to basically find these uh, special things, I forgot if they're exactly gems or watches or rings, I can't remember the exact details, I was just remembering the feeling. It's just that tense a scene, like Adam Sandler's on the phone and uh, someone else is trying to look for their stuff and they're, they're pacing back and forth and they're shouting and uh, you know, he's trying to balance the phone and the guy at the same time, that's just perfect like that, layers upon layers of suspense, you know? I absolutely adored, I adored that. A film that puts you on edge for 130-odd minutes. Probably a, probably a little bit more than that. Um, but, you know, roughly 135. I can't remember exactly the time. But, uh, yeah. It was somewhat long. It wasn't like Deer Hunter long. It wasn't Once Upon a Time in America long. But it was about A Star is Born, I'd say. From uh, 2000 and... Uh, the 2010s, late 2010s. Bradley Cooper. So, let's see. You know, I was... I thought the name Darius Kondhi, uh, the director of photography, he sounds really familiar. Uh, let's see, he, uh, I'm seeing what he, I'm seeing what he, uh, shot for, uh, anyone. Oh, 
same this yeah this film got the same cinematographer as seven yeah i reckon that yeah the different cinematography styles fit different films but these guys are so talented the safety brothers that they got the same guy who photographed seven to do this i just thought i'd point that out just in case anyone didn't know uh let's see what else well yep uncut gems is his latest project yeah i mean I think that photography is an underrated part of the process, you know? you got to have, obviously, good photos to make a good movie. Even, that's, you know, movies, moving photos, obviously. But, yeah, I honestly, I honestly think photography is something that a filmmaker, an aspiring filmmaker, needs to practice at in order to make good films visually. I mean, sure, you might have the story down pat and everything, but... Even if you're working with a director of photography, you've got to have some idea of what your shots are. You've got to have some idea of what your storyboards are. Or if you're not storyboarding, you've got to just uh, go with the flow sometimes. You've got to think of a composition. It, you can't see it immediately if you're shooting on film, if you're lucky enough to shoot on film. But you can on digital. So, you know, retake and retake on your iPhone, maybe. I do that sometimes. I go outside and I do test shots. So, yeah. Uh, this particular one, Uncut Gems, was shot on 35mm film like Good Time was. Um, you, no need to stay for the credits in un, Uncut Gems. You did need to stay for the credits in Good Time, but not for Uncut Gems. So yeah, overall, I'm having a hard time to... I think Punch Drunk Love is ultimately a better Adam Sandler movie where he plays a serious role. But man, that guy has range. Why is it being wasted in so many subpar comedies? You know? I mean, sure, I, I sat through Pixels, it was fine for me. Like, I don't agree with the general consensus that it totally sucked. Uh, Grown Ups too. yeah, that was pretty bad. Grown Ups, meh. But I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, that was a fucking nightmare to sit through. <laughs> um, yeah. Although, I reckon Adam Sandler just has that potential in him. He is a very talented man, and I think he should at least have had a Best Actor nomination... And now he's going to make a film that's really, really bad on purpose. I mean, man, what's that going to be? Will I have to review it? Tune in next time to find out. <laughs> no, 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 kidding. He hasn't planned it yet, but I really like the guy. I think he's absolutely amazing in his craft. Like, he's underrated. No wonder Paul Thomas Anderson used him for Punch Drunk Love. I know I'm getting off topic here, but, you know, I got to discuss the stars and the director's past history and the company's past history in these reviews as well so overall yeah what else can i think of for uncut gems i think that yeah the original score i thought it might have been overbearing at first but then i realized that was the point to have it overbearing you know i uh yeah i still think that it was it was really i don't know i think adam sandler's usual character is like almost mocking and sarcastic in his comedies like just sort of kind of scathing or bitter and i feel like that translates really well to his dramatic work it worked in punch drunk love to an extent they had the man child and deconstructed him you know the type you'd see in billy madison happy gilmore but then in this film you have uh, in this film you have sort of the more angry side of sandler coming out in a more extroverted way than you did in punch drunk love you know i honestly I would not, I'm going to say this on the record, but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Uncut Gems made it to Criterion, you know? Few other films can keep this level of tension. Just in the tension alone, Criterion offers the best of each kind, so, I mean, this is one of the best in tension that I've seen. It never let up for a second. You know, you're always constantly worried. 
But that's just my opinion. Some people could hate this film. Maybe it doesn't deserve the Criterion. Who knows? I mean, I question Blue Velvet in the Criterion collection, and people, some people love Blue Velvet. Not me. <laughs> but, you know, each to their own opinion, of course. I never really got into David Lynch in general myself, but if you do, that's, that's fine. So, yeah. Basically... I think that uh, this film was really well done with the tension. There are a lot of a lot of uses of the word fuck if you're into that, which I'm fine with it, honestly, because I've seen SquareNet, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's not as good as one of Martin Scorsese's movies. Obviously, it's not even as good as uh, Joker, but I would still give this film oh I'd give it four stars because. You know, you you want to follow the character enough, and the tension is skyrocketed. I mean, I can't underestimate how you feel on edge in this film. The only other time I feel this on edge is either in Good Time or in a Paul Thomas Anderson film. I'm still going to catch up on uh, Paul Thomas Anderson someday, but I've seen uh, Boogie Nights, which has elements of being on the edge of your seat in a few scenes, even though it's mostly a dramedy. The Punch Drunk Love represents anxiety perfectly, and believe me, as a guy with anxiety... You will, yeah, your nerves will shred if you give in to Punch Drunk Love. It's not a comedy. Many rental stores used to mistake it as a comedy. Many probably digital stores probably say that's a comedy, but it's not. It's not a comedy. I get pissed off whenever I see it labeled as a comedy. It's a drama, clearly. It's a very experimental drama. So, yeah, I highly recommend, yes, you see Uncut Gems on Netflix, but also you go search for Punch Drunk Love. And that's it. That's the review, all right? And really, that's the review this time. So, we need your voice. Because you can help change things for the better.